You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Zondervan. Did you know that Zondervan publishes over 300 new original books and Bibles each year? For over 80 years, Zondervan has found the best and the brightest young authors, like our very own Matt Brown, and given them a platform to share the ideas that God has placed in their heart. Check out Zondervan.com for your next favorite read. Now, on to the show. So I'm so pumped to be here with my buddy Adam Weber, who is an amazing pastor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He's actually got campuses across South Dakota, I think maybe North Dakota too, in Minnesota, which is uh, where I'm from, my family and I are from. He is doing great work as a church of many thousands of people that is deeply influencing and impacting their cities. Um, But he's also one of the sweetest guys that you'll ever meet, uh, full of joy, full of kindness, and um, he's uh, just been a good friend for many years now. Adam, I think we met uh, through a mutual friend, Brad Lominick, and then we first hung out. Uh, we both went down with some other friends and flew, flew in to uh, go to Passion Conference together in Atlanta, Georgia, with Pastor Louie and Shelly Giglio, and saw that amazing, I don't remember, were they at the Dome, I think, right before they tore down the Dome to build the new stadium? And yeah. so I think there was like sixty or 80,000 young people and college students from across the nation. We're a little older than that, but we just wanted to go see what was going on with it because we've heard about it over the years. That was both our first time. And I hung out there with a bunch of young leaders and friends. And um, man, who else was down there? Malachi O'Brien was down there, Rashawn Copeland, a bunch of other young leaders, Luke Lazan, Caleb Stanley, and just tons of mutual friends. And so we just had a great time hanging out. We were only able to be there for part of it, but we've just connected about a lot of different things since then. I'm just so thankful for you, Adam. I'm thankful for the books you're writing. I'm thankful for the church you're leading. I'm thankful most of all for the heart you have and for your kindness and friendship in my life. It's such an honor to have you on the podcast, buddy. Oh, I am humbled by every word you spoke and truly honored to be on. Matt, just so thankful for this, the person you are and the impact that you've had in my life. I, I honestly could go on the entire 30 minutes just talking about the impact that you've had on me and the impact that you've had on so many others. It's truly amazing. So I'm, I'm grateful to be on. By the way, if you're new to this friendship between Adam and I, we can just go back and forth encouraging each other for many numbers yes, of minutes. Yes. <laughs> and so... Welcome to the encouragement circle. Um, yes, that, I, if we had if we had <laughs> if we had Rashawn Copeland with us, <laughs> three of us could go on for hours. <laughs> and and sometimes we don't even need words; we just smile back and forth at each other. <laughs> Anyways, Adam is just a rock star pastor and leader. Adam, I I'd love for people, as always with this podcast, I just want to hear your story. I'd love for people to hear where you came from. Um, how you came to faith in Christ, how you started launching the church. I know some of the story and I love it. And I want everybody else to get in on this as well. Yeah. So my story, I'll kind of try to share it as tight as I can. I'm originally born and raised in South Dakota, Um, grew up in the church. I got two of the best parents possible. Uh, Grew up Lutheran. My extended family is all Catholic and grew up faithfully. I mean, I, I probably missed church. Uh, I could count the number of times on one hand. So rarely missed and yet I uh, had never heard about a relationship with Jesus before growing up. Had never heard about it. So church was kind of just something you did. And just to kind of go through the motions is, is really my take on it. 
I struggled at a young age just with questions. I'm, I'm really simple. I'm really practical. And so there was just a whole lot of things that didn't seem to connect and make sense. Growing up, it almost felt like we were embarrassed to talk about God throughout the week. You did church, and then you really never mentioned God throughout the week. And that just didn't add up in my life. And so early on, I'm talking like early elementary school, I began to have doubts and questions about God and whether or not it was all real. The older I got, the more questions and more vocal I became. So really, really struggled. The day I got confirmed that I came home and I told my parents it was the most I'd ever lied into so many people at one time because hmm. I, I had said that I believed in Jesus and I didn't. I didn't believe in Jesus. And so at that point, my parents, one of the coolest things looking back is they set aside all their personal preferences. They had a relationship with Christ themselves, but they really saw me walking away and strain. And so they set aside everything they knew and began to look for a church that would connect with me. Hmm. So my so sophomore year of high school came into a Methodist church up in Watertown, South Dakota, and for the first time in my life, uh, first off, it wasn't a traditional service. I'd never been to anything except traditional worship. So these people were clapping their hands and they looked like they were happy to be there. Uh, I was a little bit concerned with that. I'm like, who are these people? And then the pastor each week, his name's Roger Spar, has been a huge mentor in my life. Every week, he'd just preach these messages that would just were Holy Spirit empowered, and they would just hit me directly in the chest. I mean, every single week, it was just hitting me in the in the heart. So came to Christ. Uh, there was a group of girls that got me to go to youth group, felt God's presence there, and God just began to radically change me. There was even, I'll, I'll never forget, there was a period of probably three, four months where I believed in Christ and Jesus dying on a cross, but I was so sure that it didn't apply to me. Hmm. I didn't have a wild, crazy party past, like as far as like doing crazy things. I was just so vocal in my disbelief against God that I, I could not understand that God would want anything to do with me after I'd been so vocal. Wow. So there was really a period where I just, I was like, I know I fully believe in the cross and the empty tomb, but there's no way it could ever apply to me. And I was actually at a conference at Wheaton College the summer after my sophomore year. And the pastor was explaining how to, we were going to go to on the streets of Chicago sharing our faith. And he began to share that. And first off, I felt convicted that I was going to tell someone else about Jesus, even though I hadn't started following him yet. And for some reason, it, the, spe the speaker actually wasn't very good. But for everybody else around me was falling asleep. But for some reason, like I just, for it just clicked. Mm. No cross even applies to you. My love even applies to you. And so there, July 13th, 1999, I gave my life to Christ and came back on fire for the Lord. God was just moving in my life. I went to college, uh, was a business marketing degree. I always thought I'd be in the business world, just like living out my faith in different ways that made people take notice, whether it was through generosity. I'm, I just, my love language is generosity. I love mm -hmm. to give. And so I just thought I'd like, whether financially just bless people or just do unique things through a company I led, I just thought that was the road. Well, my junior year of college, that same pastor that led me to Christ, I was on, I was supposed to be on a spring break trip. I came home. He told me about a pastor looking for someone to fill in for him up in Wapiton, North Dakota. And I thought it was a terrible idea. I was 21 at the time, and I was an immature 21-year-old at that. And he just encouraged me. He's like, I think you should like talk with this pastor. I think you'd be amazing for it. 
So I ended up filling in for a lead pastor. Twenty, I was twenty-one. It was a church of like three, four hundred people, and within the first week, I I knew it was what I was supposed to do with my life. Uh-huh. Uh, I was able, and just the the honor of being a pastor, being able to tell a group of people about your greatest passion every single week, and also I've always been someone who loves to really speak from the heart. And so that first week I met three ladies in the church that all had terminal cancer. Mm. And so the pastor was kind of introducing me to these different three ladies. And when you have terminal cancer, all the fluff kind of leaves your conversation. I mean, you just really speak from the heart. You say what you mean, and there's just no beating around the bush anymore. And that first week, I just felt like the honor of being able to sit with these three ladies and pray. What a great, like that you would want anything to do with me or sitting with me was just such a wonderful honor. So it was just between those three ladies and being able to to preach on Sundays, I I knew I was supposed to be a pastor. So finished my last year of business school, went to seminary at Asbury in Kentucky, never had a desire to start a church. That same pastor, Roger Spar, again, reached out and said, Hey, we're thinking about starting a church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I told him it was a terrible idea. Sioux Falls didn't need another church. I would say the opposite now. Mm-hmm. He haggled uh, his way, and I ended up saying yes. So started a church back in 2006. We started with 32 people, and God's just continued to move in and through it since. But the thing I probably love most about Embrace is it's it's the most unlikely of people that come. That That fits me well because I'm the most unlikely of people to be a pastor. And so I'm so grateful that God, he approaches the most unlikely of people and says, come follow me. Hmm. So just honored to be able to. People need to hear that right now, man. I mean, speak to that. Yeah, he, we have a God who makes the outsider the insider. Hmm. He, He befriends the person that doesn't belong. I always say if Jesus came and showed up on a Sunday morning, he'd talk to me last, not first. Instead, he'd talk to the person who's got eight days of sobriety and say, like, hey, I, I, you're my son. You're my daughter. He talked with the single mom. He talked with the the outrageous sinner that everyone in the church knows. Man, they've made some mistakes. That's the person he'd go to. And I'm I'm so thankful for that because in our lowest moments, he comes to us. And in our ugliest moments, the the moments that we feel like we don't belong, or we've made too many mistakes, or our marriage is too far gone, or uh, we're totally unusable, or we just feel so weak we can't get out of bed, or we're just so hurting so much that we we don't know if we'll ever heal again. Those are the moments that God comes near us. And I'm so thankful for that. Like he finds us when we're lost. And he doesn't beat us over the head. Instead, he gathers all of his friends and he throws a party so loud that the older brother hears it from the fields. Like, mm. And so... That's the kind of guy we serve, and that's been the story of my life. Adam, you have such a heart for people that don't know the Lord, for people that are struggling and people that are broken. And how can we get that kind of heart? How do we capture and and understand more deeply in our lives the heart of God for our world? Yeah. You know, we we look around at our world and we go like, there's a lot to be angry about, for instance. There's a lot that we disagree with. There's a lot that might frustrate us. But I think also God wants that to break us, you know? And there's a difference when we look at our culture be- between being bothered and being burdened. Yeah. If you think about it. No, I, I, I think a couple different things. I think to realize, first off, that we're broken and even to acknowledge the moments that we're hurting. I think Christians, one of the things I've been I've been learning, um, it's actually a Zondervan book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Oh my goodness, I love that and, book. And just talking about yeah. being emotionally healthy. And one of the things he says that really, really challenged me is Christians are often terrible at grieving. 
mm-hmm. Christians are often terrible at saying they're hurting or they're struggling. They wow. kind of try to they try to brush that over, and he's like, "No, you actually need to acknowledge that." Most like especially the Psalms, most of them are about lamenting. It's about crying out. And so I think it starts with really realizing the moments that God has met us, remembering when God first found us, remembering even this like this this past summer, the times that God met me when I was hurting, and realizing God approaches the others in that same place in the same exact way. And then just the more time we spend in the in the word and the most more time we spend in prayer, just realizing the things that breaks God's heart. And the things in the city, you know, the city, he looked over and wept over it. And one of the words that's that's really struck me is the word compassion. In the New Testament, when the word compassionate is used, I always say it's the ugliest pretty word you ever see. It means to be moved in your bowels, in one's bowels. And so when, when Jesus, when he says, talks about having compassion for somebody, it's not just I kind of feel bad for them and I kind of want to care for them. It's not that. That's like the furthest thing. Instead, it's like, no, my heart aches for you. I'm like in my 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 stomach, like the core of my bowels, like my I'm moved with love for you. And so it's not just like for a person coming through our doors. It's not just that we're okay that you're here. We've been praying and asking God to bring you specifically. Mm. Like, we're not just okay that you've called and you've asked about a recovery group. The other day, uh, it was around Christmas, uh, New Year's, so I actually answered the phone, and there was someone who called about a recovery group, and so I took his information down, and then I said, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. And he said, what? And we had never met each other before. He said, what? And I said, "This making a phone call like this isn't easy, and yet when we do steps like this, God just flips the light on in our darkness. And he just got really quiet and you could just tell like even that. So it's not like, gosh, we're okay that you called and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you some information. No, we're so thankful that you've reached out. And so I just think when we realize our own brokenness and then we realize just God's heart towards what's broken. I think those two things are what softens our heart. And even for me, like I've been following Jesus now again since 1999. Just even yesterday we were saying 20 years, course. buddy. I'm yeah, coming up on your 20 year. Twenty year thing. It's crazy. It's awesome. But we were singing a worship song about God coming to earth. And when we were singing yesterday, I couldn't raise my hand high enough because I was just like, God, I'm so thankful that you've come. Like I'm so thankful like that you are like you see me and that you come and rescue me even today. Let's take a quick break to hear from our podcast sponsor today. Too often the world speaks words of harm, and too often we believe them. So we live stories God never intended for us. Yet God longs to rewrite and redeem your story. Tiffany Kilgore, founder of the lifestyle and design boutique House of Belonging, grew up in a broken home before marrying at the tender age of 16. Years later, divorced and with three small children, she remarried. The seasons that followed brought two more children, another broken marriage, chronic disease, major surgeries, and cycles of abuse, leaving Tiffany feeling alone and unloved. Hungry for healing and a safe space, Tiffany began seeking Jesus through journaling and soon found breadcrumbs of grace leading her down a new path. 
It was there that she found a rich table set for misfits just like her, a place of nourishment and restoration. Tiffany's new book, Misfit Table, is for anyone who has ever felt out of place or at odds in the world. And you can pick up a copy of this stirring invitation to come home to where you belong. Come and sit, take and eat, and join the battle cry to take God at His word. Available for pre-order right now, wherever you buy books. Now, back to the show. I'm just thinking there's there's people listening right now that maybe you're feeling broken. You know, maybe you're feeling unusable by God. Adam, speak to those guys for a second. God's heart for everybody who's listening right now who might be struggling. Yeah. To that person, I would just say that God loves you so much and that God is for you, not against you. And that he sees you, he doesn't overlook you. And that he's near you, like he's not just near you, but if, especially to those of us who are followers of Christ, he's not just near you, he's in you. He's within you. Like he's, he's so, like he's, we can't explain how close he is. So just that first. And then I'd encourage you, if there's a verse that just speaks to you, if you're struggling with peace and not having it, if you struggle with feeling, feeling unlovable or just outside of God's love, find a verse and just put it on a note card and just cling to it. Like read it out as a prayer and, and speak it out loud. So I know for myself, sometimes I need to hear God's word. And that's what's kind of cool about the Bible is actually orally shared at first. It wasn't something you read. It was something you spoke. And so I know sometimes just to hear that God loves me and his love endures forever. It just somehow gets to my brain and my heart better when I hear it. And then the other thing I would encourage you is just to share it. Maybe just to tell one person that you trust, someone that you love, know loves Jesus and loves you, just to say it like, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling with feeling unlovable right now. And I know that's not true, but I just needed to tell somebody. Matt, you've been a person that I've texted. Just in the last month, I've texted you and a group of other pastors, five, six other people that I just love. The one night I texted you and just said, would you pray for me? I'm believing this and I'm feeling this. And I got really specific just again with a group of people that I truly trust with my life. And in that moment, all of a sudden, five, six guys began to text me mm. encouragements and prayer and truth. And I can't tell you how much that lifted me up. And so know that you're loved, cling to God's truth and his word. And then tell someone who loves Jesus what you're feeling and and have someone that you can be honest with. Because there's people that you are, you're loved whether you realize it or not. And people are wanting to be there. Uh, I just know oftentimes that text message that I sent to Matt and five other people, I wanted to send that text message probably three or four months earlier and never did. Wow. Because, because of pride, because of ego, because of what will they think about me? They're Adam, like they're five, six guys who love you. Mm-hmm. They're not going to think anything of you. Anything, anything but better. I know when someone shares their brokenness with me, I don't think less of them. I think more of them. Uh, in the Proverbs, it, it talks about the fool is the one who like basically goes without counsel. It's the wise who reaches out for advice. It's the wise who listens to the counsel of others. And so and, I think that's a shift too. And we weren't made to live our spiritual life alone. We were, we were so made for community. Sometimes you'll see tweets or posts about all you need is God. Well, that's true. But God made us, you know, to need each other too. He He made us as a body. We need each yeah. other. And it's so important. And, you know, I think about, I, I wrote in my book, uh, which I'm excited for people to read, True Plus Love comes out this April, I wrote about the love of God and the love he wants us to have in our lives for others. 
but I wrote about how it's so easy to just have mental assent to the love of God. But really, it hasn't gone the 18-inch journey from our head to our heart because when you experience the love of God in your life, deep down it changes you. You know, there's there's just a difference, and, and it's just something that we can all pray for. You know, you're hearing the words Adam's saying, and I would just say, if you need God to move in an area of your life, it's something you can just pray for. God, help me to know that your word yes. is true in my heart so much that I feel it, you know, so much that I— encounter and experience you through your word, the Bible. And so um, that would just be an additional thought I'd, I'd add so to that. But thank so you, Adam, good. for being not only a pastor to Embrace, not <laughs> only a pastor to the Midwest and to the online audiences, I'm sure, that enjoy Embrace from around America and all over the world. But thanks for being a podcast to all of us who are listening today. I want to talk a little bit about, you have one book out so far. I think you're working on another one at, at some point here, but um, powerful book about your personal story and about what it means to really connect with God, which is the, if you think about it, the greatest honor that yeah. any person could ever have is to connect with the God of the universe. And that book is called Talking with God. And uh, it's powerful. Tell us about that and anything else that you're working on. Yeah, so wrote a book. Never thought I'd write a book. I'm actually this this week. I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting on book two. Oh, um, so just excited about excited about that. But the first book, uh, just a book on prayer. Prayer has been such a vital part of my own relationship with Christ, as I think it is for a lot of people. But prayer is often something that a lot of people actually struggle with, of how to pray what to say, what not to say, is there, are they going to screw it up? Like, I'm blown away. And I'm not talking about just new Christians. I'm talking about people who have been following Jesus for a decade, two decades, three decades, who still are insecure about their prayer life and if they're doing it right or wrong. And so I write uh, at the level of a fifth or sixth grader, so anybody can understand what I'm saying. But I just want to just kind of explain throughout the book just the basics of prayer and what it means to talk with God and even get to give people kind of a jumpstart on different things they can pray for when they're struggling, when they're feeling overwhelmed, when they're feeling unusable. It just the, the basics of prayer and just what to say, like what to audibly say. I was so grateful for another chance to add a chapter. We did a hardcover version and then a, a soft cover version. The chapter, as soon as I pushed it out, I was like, gosh, I didn't get to talk at all about listening to God. And I know it was about talking with God. So it, it was an emphasis on what to say, but really in this season I'm learning. So I was able to add a chapter to the, to the soft cover, really the importance of listening to God. And yes, speak. Yes, God wants to hear what's on our heart, but also so important as much for us than anyone else is listening to God. And what is he saying and hearing his voice? I, again, I was, I was really blown away. Any given Sunday at Embrace, uh, last week I had four different people come up that I'd never met before and said, hey, I read your book. Um, there was a college kid who said, I really have never done church before in my life. I read your book and I wanted to come just to worship sometime with you. And so I'm so, and it was so it's amazing cool to hear that. Oh, just unbelievable. But <clears throat> it just encourages people. And I, so my prayer would be that it would help grow people in their walk and their prayer life. But for that long-term Christian who maybe knows the ins and outs about prayer, I hope a combination of my genuineness and just being raw and also my cheesiness and lameness I hope that would just kind of help them to see prayer in a fresh way. Man, I love that. So good. Well, I want to just encourage everyone to pick that up. 
Absolutely loved it. It's impacted so many people already. I also would just say just check out his next stuff. I want to add to this as well that Adam has another opportunity for you to be impacted. That's his podcast. He has a podcast that he's been running now. I think it's on its second season, The Conversation with Adam Weber. We're actually all part of the same little podcast network, which is fun. Just so appreciate you, Adam. Man, I, I don't always do this, but I want to ask you to pray to end the podcast for everybody who's listening, because this has been a very pastoral, powerful time. And I'm just, you know, you just never know who's listening. It could be in other parts of the world. Uh, I heard uh, the other day that my podcast was trending in the top 10 in some other nation. And there wasn't like any advertisements, anything that we were doing. And so it was just so weird. You just never know who it's going to impact and what's going to happen. And I know that, you know, in this network that it's, it's trended and some of these podcasts have been in the U.S. just impacting people in different places. And so I just I want people to know as we pray that God cares about you. If you're wondering if you think God is just interested in the, you know, the most influential Christians or the most spiritual pastors. I mean, that is oh. not. That isn't God. The heart of God is for you. He's with you. It's not based on all the outer signs that people might see. And so, Adam, thank you I'd, again, buddy. Will you pray for us? I'd love to. Laura, we are just so grateful for you. And God, we thank you for who you are. You're a God who comes and you meet us where we are. You don't ask us to come to you. So God, I pray for anybody listening. Lord, would you help us to understand your love and the fact that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. Your love endures forever. You're faithful from one generation to the next, Lord. So when we're unfaithful, you continue to remain faithful. You continue to remain by our side. Lord, I pray that we'd run to you, not just when we're hurting, not just when we're broken, not just when we're lonely, but we just run to you every single day. I pray that you put a fire inside of us that just longs to be near you, longs to be close to you. Lord, we're grateful for the fact that you can use us. You make the weak strong. You use the foolish things for great things. And so, God, I, I just ask you, to, you'd help us to understand that you want to use us right where we are, regardless of whether we're a pastor or a stay-at-home parent or a student or a teacher. God, wherever you've placed us, we thank you that you've placed us there, and we ask that you'd use us for great things. Lord, I pray at the end of our lives, we use everything we have for you, everything you've entrusted us with, everything you've given us, that we just use it all for you to point as many people as we can back to your son. God, again, we're just so grateful that you are near us, that you take the broken pieces of our lives and put us back together, that you specialize in bringing dead things back to life. And so I pray that if that's true of anybody listening right now, maybe it's just a certain part of our life that just feels dead or a relationship that feels dead, that you bring those things back to life. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. And I just want to add to this prayer, Lord, and just pray for all those listening and pray for a young generation and even an older generation, God, that would rise up in the midst of this time right now of so many needs in our nation to be the church. And pray for your blessing on Adam's church and on every church that is connected to those listening, God. And Lord, that you would just move in a new and powerful way on our churches and on our nation. God, raise up young people and old people like who will just want to give of themselves to pray, to seek you, to come together, to glorify Jesus, to lift up the gospel in the midst of all the pains and the needs of our nation right now. God, just would you move in our nation in a powerful way through all of us listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Think Eternity with Matt Brown. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 
For more information about this show, visit ConvergePodcastNetwork.com. We also thought you might enjoy another Converge Network podcast called The Invitation with Luke Lazan. On The Invitation, Luke talks about the invitations we receive in life and how they can be opportunities to respond to something that will change the trajectory of our lives. Search for The Invitation with Luke Lazan in your favorite podcasting app.